was the basketball. I just, yeah, and just took game. a little bit of a, of a day off, yeah. and, and then you guys handled things from uh, the rest of the day. But here we are, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four days later, with, you know, you mentioned as we were sitting down together here a few minutes ago that there isn't, this is the time of year in the sports world where <clears throat> for us in, in a market of this size and, and dependent, as it, the show would indicate, the Joe Beaver Show and Beaver Sports, not much going on right now in terms of games and games to get ready for and to talk about and pr- to prepare for. Not quite yet. That'll ramp up a little bit later, we hope and we think, although the Oregon State women's basketball right. program remains on pause and their game scheduled for the New Year's weekend postponed. The Beaver men are still scheduled to play, so we'll be talking about that in the next couple of days, perhaps. But we may even have some bowl games and some things coming. We're still kind of working on some things. So it could be a mm-hmm. short week again. And th- therefore, it's possible, and certainly this week will be the final shows of 2020. So we look forward to participation in a variety of ways. But when you come out of four days, Thursday through Sunday, of news, even in what is a slow time for the Pac-12 with only two teams involved in bowl games, there's news in the transfer portal. We bid farewell to Jamar Jefferson. Uh, Hamaka Rashid Jr. has also gone into the portal, as has Nishan Wright. Those are three outstanding players, good young men, key players. So from a practical football standpoint, those are significant losses, none bigger than Jamar Jefferson, mm-hmm. who has declared for the NFL draft and will not be returning to the Beavs. I want to talk a little bit about Jamar's legacy here and compare him with some of the other great running backs. We hardly knew him by comparison to the others. That's part of the legacy in itself. That's a good point. We'll get to we'll get to numbers, numbers of games, carries. When you talk, he's in the top five all time. In mm-hmm. his short time, he is the fifth leading rusher in Oregon State history, and the four ahead of him we knew far better. Yeah, why is that? Well, think about it. I've done a little bit of paperwork on it, and I want to get into it as we go today. But Ken Simonton, I'll just give you an example. Here's the why and the wherefore in a nutshell. Ken Simonton never missed a game in his entire career and played in 46 games. All 46 games that were available to Ken played in them all. You know how many games Jamar played in in his three years here? 26. 27. That's right, 27 games. Uh, The number of games that Jamar Jefferson played in. Now, it's certainly far more than that because when Simonton was playing his 46, compare the magnitude of the games and the elevation in place of the program at the time Ken was playing, if you just look at his four-year career arc. He rushes for over a thousand mm-hmm. and in double overtime beats Oregon in the rivalry game 44-41 and it was Bedlam at Parker Stadium. Mm-hmm. That's how his career began in a sense. Then in 99 leads the Beavers to the winning season in a bowl game. 2000 it has an rushes for 1559 and becomes uh, 
a Heisman Trophy candidate going into the following year, leading the Beavers to an 11-1 and record and a Fiesta Bowl his championship. Junior his junior year. So all of the hype, even with the senior year falling short, there was never any more hype for Oregon State football than there was for Ken's senior year. Right. So that alone, you take Ken, four years, 46 games, the heights of the program, the cover of Sports Illustrated in 2001. So there's no comparison in that regard to what we take a look at in Jamar Jefferson, who ends up playing in just 27 games, gave us some unbelievable moments and will never be forgotten. And in fact, the win this year that he helped achieve with 226 rushing yards, that alone will set him apart forever in the minds, I think, and hearts of Beaver Nation. People will always remember and love Jamar Jefferson for that, if no other game. Right. You could take the other 26 games and take them out. Even the 254 yards at Arizona State in 2018, the second most rushing yards in a game in Oregon State history accomplished by Jamar. But you could throw that away. Give give us one game, and it's 226 and a win Right. in the rivalry game. 41-38. Yeah. So then the others, you know, Stephen Jackson... Jaquiz Rogers and Evanson Bernard, those ahead of him. Stephen played in 37, never missed a game. Evanson Bernard played in 45 games. He missed five games of the possible total and was not much of a, wasn't featured as a running back in his first year in 04. For sheer durability, those next three years, and Mike Riley even said after the 24 season when he was using Dwight Wright and Ryan Cole, I believe, is his primary backs, and he yes. had a guy named Bernard. I know available. And we were thinking, uh, yeah. Mike Mike said at the end of the year, I, I made a mistake. I should have used Evans. I remember. Cooper. I remember that that feeling of get, mm-hmm. get him in there, and then he took off. If you think back and remember, like you did, every player, just the first reaction, kind of thought about him. Right. That would be for Evanson. Is a, li- a little bit of a late start. For Jackson, if I remember correctly, he, he became more of a big deal later, later in his in his run, rushing That's career. True. Not mm-hmm. like this hype to this guy. Here he is. Let's we'll see what he can do. It was more of a oh, this guy's pretty good in the second or third year going forward. Um, the thing about Jamar though is that didn't he? He didn't even was was even featured until like the third week of the, of his freshman year. He was getting some carries, but, you know, and he ended up rushing for 1,380 yards. Right. And he was the Pac-12 Offensive Freshman of the Year, and we'll get to... Wasn't it by injury to Artavis? It may have been. And it may he, have been. he got the rest of the carries, and then it was him. He took off, yeah. yeah. A little bit like, if, if you remember back to Jacquez's emergence. Now, Jacquez got carries right from the start, uh-huh. but... The starting running back in 2008 was Ryan McCants. Uh-huh. He started the first game. Yeah, and was at Stanford. Uh, yeah, and was perceived to be he, he'll be this will be his year in the featured back. It didn't take long for that to change. Right, and we thought, oh man, you start quiz in that game and you win that game. Maybe, maybe. the issues were far-reaching to be down 36 to 16. But wasn't it? A coming out party for quiz then the next game at Penn State that's when we knew that there was something here I remember watching 45 14 and coming away from it never never felt better in a blowout than <laughs> that game in Happy Valley Jim Wilson and I at the end of that thing looked at each other it was a, a beat down a blowout right but we said 
Doc? He said, yeah, Doc. I said, Doc, we found ourselves, found we a, found ourselves a running back today. <laughs> because Quiz, if you remember, in that game, in the 14, accounted for them. Mm-hmm. 22 carries, 99 yards, and slithering, amazing runs down near the goal line to score twice. Once, you know, well, I guess he did it twice to mm-hmm. a vaunted, proud Penn State defense. And even though the Beavs were blown out in it, I remember feeling like, hey, there's something here in this kid. And then the Beavers began to take off thereafter. Not unlike Artavis Pierce at Ohio State. And if not for Jamar Jefferson, I think Artavis Pierce, if he played four years and was a featured right. back, will be in the top seven in all-time rush. And Artavis ends up being behind two guys, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and yet just kept plugging away. He's a good story. To yeah. be in the NFL, I think he scored a touchdown over the weekend, didn't he? Or I, I didn't saw some sort of all got two e- carries. either that or it's um, it might have been just another run from another game. But yesterday on my Twitter feed, here's Artavis Pierce yeah. scoring a touchdown. I'm not sure whether that took place in the, uh, thank you, Wendy, in the Bears game or not. But I think over if he the was weekend, the featured guy for four years. Right. He may have, yeah, because he ends up being behind Nall and Jamar. Yeah, he would have been one of the all-time greats. Ken Simonton, Stephen Jackson, Jaquiz Rogers, Evanson Bernard, and in 27 games, Jamar Jefferson, fifth all-time in rushing. That's fascinating to me in its own right. And yet when you think about the other backs in that list, they were all involved in gigantic moments in program history. Pierce did score yesterday. Yeah, that's what I thought he made. I thought he had two carries, I, one touchdown, and a nice run off the left side. Mm-hmm. So good for Artavis. Ryan Nall, two carries, no yards, a little bit below his all-time Oregon State record of five point eight yards per carry. But great to see both of them, Nall and Pierce, get action in the NFL, and it's a credit to both and their tremendous work. But Ken Simonton goes without saying that he's a transcendent back in Oregon State history, not only for his numbers, but for the games that he played in. Mm -hmm. Steven Jackson, the man-child, as Dennis Erickson called him, and he was. Simonton and Jackson shared some carries in that 2001 season, which ended up being disappointing. And on a certain level, it was good for neither in that sense that they both were there because certainly Jackson could have played right from the start, true freshman, a la Jacquez, and run people over and run through people and done all of that on a more consistent basis. But Simonton was the subject of Heisman Trophy uh, promotion, Heisman Trophy campaign at the start of the year. He ends up rushing for 971 yards the painful 29 short of being the only back and still would be the only back in conference history to have four 1,000-yard seasons, and he missed it by 29. And part of the reason he missed it is he was dividing more carries with Steven Jackson, who needed more carries. Mm -hmm. But because you had Simon, I feel a little bit cheated in a sense on both Steven Jackson and Jamar in terms of what there was even so much more that could have happened. We yeah. loved riding Steven Jackson in 02 and 03, right. but he leaves after his junior year. Jamar leaves after his junior year, having only played in 27 games in a, in a 2 and 10, 5 and 7, and 2 and 5. Those were the, the records of, for the teams that he played on. Yeah. And yeah. so he, he doesn't rise to the same level as Simonton and Jackson just in terms of the magnitude of the games. And Jackson himself, bull games in 02 and 03, but 
modest ones, the Inside Bowl and the Las Vegas Bowl, Simonton to the Fiesta. Jacquez in 36 games was involved in huge games, including the Thursday night win over USC and a chance in the 0-9 game with his brother yeah. th- this close to going to the Rose Bowl. So they were involved in in bigger games bigger than games, Jamar yeah. ever was in terms of the impact and magnitude of the program. Evanson Bernard, and it's interesting, he's the only running back in Oregon State history to play in three bowl games. The only one. Wow. None of the others have played in three bowl games. He didn't play much in 04 against Notre Dame, but then he played in six and seven. But he's the only one with three. The others have two, Simonton two, Jackson two, Quiz two. Evanson three, Jamar zero. I mean, so again, we're. I feel like with Jamar, we missed out. He's spectacular. Yeah. Just the images that we'll have of of his running and this year the breakaway runs that he added to his repertoire, the long runs where he wasn't caught, burst of speed, but the the vision, the cutting, uh, the ability to break tackles. He was a Beautiful back to watch. Yeah. I just feel like you know we were cut short of about fifteen to twenty games. We'd like to have watched him play more games in a Beaver uniform. On both ends, the back end yeah. because he's leaving early, and the front end because of that back and forth. What is it, Artavis? Is right. it is it Jamar? It started out as Artavis Pierce, and like you say, Artavis that battled with Nall. Nall moves on. Now it's Artavis. We didn't even know who Jamar Jefferson was. Not really. Artavis gets hurt, and I think it was in week three. Jamar takes over, and then he had a spectacular season that year. And then it's like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. on on the one hand, when you have two really good players at either quarterback or running back, it's a it's a super it's a sweet and sour thing because you're thinking depth and you're, you're 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 loaded, but then you're thinking controversy who gets the carry because it's one guy in both of those positions and i remember thinking oh okay this is great but which one will be the featured back next Mm -hmm. year and they were different runners but both great runners artavis comes back it's more jamar you still have artavis he's good enough to make to the nfl Mm -hmm. he does Mm -hmm. then jamar takes over but he gets hurt too in between all of that so you're right, 20 games, I think, 20, 25 games that we didn't get to see Jamar Jefferson, and yet in the games that we did, oh. he's fifth all time. Right. Un- really amazing. His productivity level, fantastic. So think about those backs, and if you have any thought about any of them from your own perspective and your years of fandom for the Beavers, there they are. The top five rushers, the number of games they played. I've tried to outline maybe why Jamar – as spectacular at times as he was, and is just beautiful to watch. Yeah. Just his running style, aesthetically speaking, may have been the best combination uh, of, of any of the backs uh, of those five. Just in, cer- in certain, not enough sample size, perhaps. Right. But you, do you see what I mean? I mean, just yeah, think about the style and the running and the cutting and the vision. The patience, then the burst, then the the finding extra yards. I I think he may have been the most complete runner of all of them. Yeah, because Simonton was a guy that would carry the ball and run forward. 
And if there was a hole and it was the best line ever at Oregon State in 2000, there were wide holes. He wasn't necessarily a guy that once, if he had to dodge guys, he could do quick moves. But he was still a great running back. Yeah. Yes. Bernard, I can't really remember his style. I don't remember Evanson's style. Vision, like Jamar, the vision into the hole is superb. Yeah. Riley said he's the best zone runner he ever had, just in terms of being able to follow, lead, observe, find and creases. find the creases and the holes. But when you think about Bernard, how often do you think of him breaking free a la Jamar? Right. Not, I, I don't. No, no, and I don't remember. I He could have. Remind me if he was able to really run over people yes, like Steven had, Jackson and he, Jamar. Not quite like Jackson or not quite to the same level as Jamar, but he, he combined vision and, and a slithery ability yeah. and tough physicality. 40 car- 42 carries at Cal in yeah. the 2005 season. I still marvel over that when the Beavers went down there and won in 2005. Mike Riley, you get a hot hand and you ride him. You stay yeah. with him. Yeah. And he carried it 42 times. Yeah, and Steven, of course, was just big, strong, fast, but mostly would just run power. right over guys. And power. He's yeah. a quintessential NFL running yeah. back, and he had a great career. Chuck Quiz was beautiful also. Chuck Quiz was a stop-and-go guy. Yes, he was. Because of his size, he would jump. He could jump and literally jump to a jump stop like in basketball and then quickly make a move right or left, and that would buy him more yardage. Not necessarily going to run over people because of his size, but he was strong. The guy was strong and like a, like yeah. a, oh, a, yeah. a bull, but not mm-hmm. big enough. To maybe overpower and overweigh guys, but he was a stop and go, almost like a Barry Sanders. Yeah, uh, very, very good analogy. And but I'm also trying to think of long breakaway runs from Quiz, and don't they don't come to mind as much with Jamar this year yeah. in a small, small sample size again, unfortunately. But we saw all of the dimensions come into play yeah. for him this year. <laughs> We're gonna miss him. Yeah. Oh. So saying all of that, what is it? does it bring anything to mind for those of you who have been following the fortunes of Beaver football your whole life in, in recent years and all of those backs that you too have seen? You've seen it, Parker. You've seen it, Reeser. You've seen on the television. You've been to games in person. You've been to bowl games. Any thoughts about those five? The other thing, it's impressive to me that they're all on Oregon State's list mm-hmm. in terms of the recruitment of them. Jackson was the, the, the man-child and the star, and he cast his lot with Dennis Erickson and the Beavers when he saw a program on the rise and chose Oregon State for a lot of good reasons. Of all of those five, he's the star in there at the beginning. Not, not necessarily... I can't remember where he was nationally yeah. in terms of the recruiting picture, what number back in the country Do you he was. Who wanted him? But he was high, though. No, he was highly recruited. Because I don't even remember that part. I just remember him being great yeah. from the start. Yes. But I don't remember the hype around him coming in. There was in. some hype. It wasn't. I'd have to go back. We could defer to Angie, and we hope to talk to Angie yeah. at some, maybe if, not today, but maybe tomorrow on the Joe Beaver Show to get kind of a year-end update on transfer portal activity yeah. and NFL draft declaration activity. But Simonton, great job of recruiting by Mike Riley, first yeah. at USC, then gets the head job here and become, keeps him. 
he came here because of Mike Riley. Yes, he did. Jaquiz Rogers. Uh, there was more buzz about Quiz. Quiz and Jackson mm-hmm. had legitimate buzz, but the the storyline about James and getting James uh, is a tremendous Oregon State recruiting story. Well, and James made himself the star after he got here. Yeah, I hated that notion that you had to say, "Well, we were trying to go for his brother," <laughs> because he, right. to me, was the star. He was yeah. here first, right? And he he laid the groundwork, and he was every bit. The star that Quiz was, just a different position after Quiz got here. So funny, too, when you, when you heard Langsdorf and others tell that story. You know, John Beam, who was a guest of ours in Last Chance U and in Lady yeah. College and all of that, helped get the Beavers on him. But when Langsdorf first showed up at Lamar Consolidated to recruit James, he got there and the head coach said, oh, oh you're here to see Quiz. I'll, I'll, I'll go see if I can find him for you. And Danny said, uh, actually, you know, I'm here to see uh, James, his, his older brother. Oh, 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 okay, well, <laughs> hang on. I mean, that's essentially how the story went. Yeah. And that opened all the doors, and James was spectacular here. I mean, he made himself yeah. into a spectacular player, and I still think about injuries, and you think about things that happen to people that – Oh, the Arizona The 2010 game, game down there, he that scores. everything. It, it did. It changed that season. It yeah. changed him. Yeah. It, cha- it changed a lot of things. It changed the way that Cats played in the, yep. in the, in the Seattle game, the Husky game. That's he right. He was tentative. He, it, it changed so much Absolutely. in that follow-up game, which you know could have been an overtime victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, James, though, the fly sweep, credit the fly sweep, first of all, to Coach Speckman at Willamette. Mm-hmm. I get that. But he made it famous. Yes, he ran the fly sweep. The Beaver offense ran the fly sweep, utilizing James' speed and ability to find and get to that hole. And he was the running back at the time that the fly sweep became famous and really a, a name nationally yeah. because it was just up here in our neck of the woods because of Willamette University. And James made it, and then uh, it's taken off from there. So if you have any thoughts about the legacy of those running backs and Jamar Jefferson declaring, feel free to jump in with that. We're going to take a break here in a moment. Uh, 497-5356. It leaves me wondering about who's next, as Professor Tom Lehrer would say on a different and far more momentous matter. But who's next? I'd say, I'd submit that Isaiah Newell is next. B.J. Baylor's a good back. He's very good. He's very good, but I think... Kind of a bruiser. I think Isaiah Newell will be the next. Now, I don't know much about him uh-huh. in terms of his running style, and it, but I, I know that he fits the mold of a player that the coaches have found that's a little under the radar, uh-huh. but they see potential within the system and the ability. Jamar, I think, exceeded expectation. I don't think there's – I mean, I remember talking to Jonathan when, as you were talking about in 2018 when he was beginning to flash and break onto the scene. Jonathan was on – and, you know, people would say, did you think – did you think he had this good of a back? Did you think he could be this good? Jonathan was honest enough to say, well – we knew he was good, but maybe not quite as good as he's shown himself to be. Did he not also get late run by some teams? Um, mm-hmm. But it was USC too, themselves. Yeah, it, it was. He was too embedded yeah. here, and and who knows if they even saw what he could do? I mean, right. obviously they did, but but 
to be what he is now. Yeah. Imagine, oh, imagine. Yeah, I'm just so glad we got him. And 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 again, if it wasn't for that dual situation mm-hmm. with Artavis Pierce, the Beavers had two great running backs at the same time. We will take a break. There are other things we'd like to get to, and, and not even so much like to, but feel compelled to. The the news that begin to come uh, forward the day after Christmas regarding an outstanding, talented running back and a great young man by all accounts. I never met him, never interacted with him, but all the stories I've read in in the aftermath of Ty Jordan's death at the age of 19, the Pac-12 Offensive Freshman of the Year. Mm -hmm. Jamar Jefferson had that status in 2018, Ty Jordan this past year for Utah. Just a, a tragic loss, an accidental gunshot wound, self-inflicted, yeah. but being termed by the police in the investigation in Denton, Texas, as an ac- he died of an accidental self-inflicted gunshot yeah, wound. Yeah, just uh, accidental. Yeah, I don't know anything more about it. It, it. That The accidental part of it sounds... Plausible. I know people were weighing in on. Well, you know, it does. It, there may be more to the story than that. But based on everything you'd read and heard about mm-hmm. this young man, it doesn't sound as though it would be anything but an accident. Right. Just to try to temper the language a little bit. But Zariah Beeson, I know from Oregon State, immediately weighed in amongst the overflow of reaction from coaches, players. Uh, around the Pac-12, teammates, just a, just a, uh, an unthinkable kind of tragedy to happen to a young man. Zariah Beeson weighed in. They were they must have been friends. They only were separated by about 25 miles, Mesquite, Texas, and mm. Duncanville, Texas, where Zariah is from. So they must have known each other, were friends. But Zariah weighed in immediately, crushed by the news, it's terrible news. It's yeah. just it, it, of all of the losses we've had in 2020, it, we've, Phil Necro passed away over yeah. the weekend, 81 years of age for the great Phil Necro, and we just star after star from our youth growing up in mm-hmm. sports. We've lost so many, and at the beginning of the year, the Kobe Bryant tragedy. But to see at the end of this in many respects, terrible year of 2020, and people have made the most of it, done the best. We've all tried to do the best we can, and people have, there have been some remarkable stories that have come out of the year. Yeah. But at the end of the year, to see this man, this young man, 19 years of age, and Ty Jordan lose his life, to me, it's almost about the worst that I saw in all of 2020 in terms of the impact. The youth and the potential. The youth and, and everything just, just beginning to happen for this young man playing in honor of his mother whom he lost in the summer to cancer and when he scored a touchdown late against Washington State as he was running to the end zone I'm generally not a huge fan of runners slowing down to look around or slow down going Mm -hmm. across the goal line as he was getting ready to cross the goal line he looked up towards heaven and he said I wanted to see my mama on high watching me you know I mean just these stories break your heart. Yeah. So if you want to weigh in on any of these things, uh, we we appreciate your uh, contributions always in these last couple of days of 2020. 
497-5356. Want to look at some headlines in the Gazette Times, John, when we come back and see if you can explain to me one of them. 497-5356, if you care to join us either via the University Honda text line or the Downward Dog phone line. Would love to hear from you today on The Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. So I'm in the living room watching the game and I hear a horrible sound. You know, since it's raining, today'd be a good day to refinish that floor or get the tile up in the kitchen. I would, but I don't have all the equipment. That's no excuse. You can rent everything you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, next to Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. For tools and equipment for home, farm, and business, stop by Philomath Rental. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis really is pizza for all. Whether you're thinking meat mania, vegan victory, vegetarian virtuousness, or whatever you want to name your pizza, Woodstock's Pizza has it. They have over 35 fresh toppings to choose from, four different crust options, including cauliflower and gluten-free, and cheese choices that include vegan and dairy-free. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis really is pizza for all. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Paying too much on your taxes? Is your tax return not as profitable as it should be? At Tax and Wealth Management, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. Nobody locally puts more time and money into continuing education, and that benefits their clients. Call 541-753-4185 for a free consultation. There's no obligation, so what have you got to lose? That's 753-4185. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. Come see me at my new location at 3335 Ferry Street Southwest in Albany or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Pickup, delivery, even curbside. Togo's sandwiches are perfect for any time to take anywhere. This is Chris from Togo's in Corvallis. When you want fresh artisan breads, hand-sliced premium meats piled high, and fresh hand-smashed Haas avocados, call us and you can even tell us what bread you want and what else you want on it. Spreads, vegetables, and cheeses. Togo's has been serving up big, fresh, meaty sandwiches for over 49 years. Come see us or order online at togos.com. Togos, true to the sandwich. 2020 saw some of Oregon's worst wildfires, and they impacted all of us in different ways. So we wanted to check in with you. How are you holding up? Are you sleeping okay? Are you having a hard time concentrating? Are you feeling anxious or distracted? If so, you're not alone. There's help available for you and the people you love. Through safestrongoregon.org, you can connect to resources to help you cope, understand your emotions, and connect with disaster-related community support. You can also find help for wildfire survivors like you to help you regain a sense of control. Call the Safe and Strong Helpline at 1-800-923-4357. That's 1-800-923-HELP. 
or visit us on our website at safestrongoregon.org wildfire to get immediate mental and emotional help. It's free and confidential. Call 1-800-923-4357. That's 1-800-923-HELP. Welcome back to the Joe Beaver Show, where your hosts, Mike Parker and John Warren, have the best interview questions. But in case their guest doesn't answer the question they provide, they know exactly how to handle that situation. That's my question! The question, jerk! Okay, maybe not that forcefully. Either way, here they are on the Joe Beaver Show. Here we go. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show for this Monday morning with you until 1 o'clock today. Johnny, can you read the headline for me, please? (laughs) Play action is such a cheat code, it's helping Mitchell Trubisky put up franchise quarterback numbers. Okay, now, without reading any further, explain the headline to me. I'm kind of in a headline mode today. Four days away, didn't have time to take long reads of stuff, so I looked at some headlines, did a little bit of reading based on the headlines, But what does that headline say to you? Read it again, please. Play action is such a cheat code. It's helping Mitchell Trubisky put up franchise quarterback numbers. What do you think that means? What's weird about that is that play action is part of an offensive system that's been around since the dawn of time. So why is that any different now? Is that what made you think? The upshot of the article by... A gentleman named Stephen Ruiz in a what is that? on a website. Today it's or? a USA Today site called For the Win. Yes. Okay. And I get that kind of comes into my inbox and you know, <laughs> top stories fans are talking about. I, I open it almost every day and almost always go to a race immediately, like delete, <laughs> because there's nothing there really that interests me. The the headline did catch me. Uh-huh. Play action is such a cheat code. It's helping Mitchell Trubisky put up franchise quarterback numbers. The upshot of the article, and it didn't print out fully, so I, it did get me. It, it caught me. You okay. know, that's the whole thing. They're trying to get you to, oh, I'll read that one. Clickbait. Yeah. Well, did it, did it satisfy you? In a sense, yes. And I think I even knew, without reading it, what the thesis would be or the upshot would be, and that is this, that play action – makes life easier for the quarterback. And I've noticed it in our system, too, with Jake Luton, with Tristan Jebbia, a little bit with Chance Nolan. Not quite as much because Chance can do some other things, and it'll be interesting to see how he evolves and develops. But oftentimes the best protection that a quarterback gets, and if Tim Ewis is listening in this holiday week, he again, our resident NFL guy who can yeah. tell us everything. Right. But the upshot of the article, feel free to call Tim if you're listening. Call. <laughs> and so downward dog sports line on Monroe, we waylay you, 497-5356. Play action enables a quarterback, according to this article, and it's work for Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, and most recently Baker Mayfield. Turn them into productive starting quarterbacks. Heavy play action which creates a cleaner pocket because the action is honored enough to give the quarterback time. Sometimes it changes launch point on half boots or half roll action. And he's able thus to set up. There's a shallow crosser and definitive in the play action pass game. 
There is always a clear and simple read for Trubitsky and Goff and whoever else using it to get the ball to the right person. And this article says that they're not really that gifted. They're, they're just able because it's simple to get the ball to the open receiver. That's all they've got to read. Who's open? Somebody's going to be open and just get them the ball. See, now that sounds weird to me. That sounds like, you know, you go take us yeah. back to the 60s and the right. 70s and the 80s, all these decades we've watched football. Play action pass yes. is, a, is a staple. Yes, it is. Never has anyone done any feature article on play action. <laughs> Never. Well, why now? He gets into it's the no a- different no, now. I, I, well, you're freezing the linebacker with a good fake. That's play action. Okay, here. He, we're in the age of the analytics, and that's correct. And by the way, what a what a gift that I've discovered. I think I shared. I don't know if I shared this with you. You know how I've talked about December seventeenth, nineteen sixty-seven, my yeah. whole life, and yeah. I said it to you. I said it to Jack Snow. We talked about it with J.T. Snow. <laughs> I said it to the late Jack Snow, walking by, just walked by Jack. Jack, December seventeenth, nineteen sixty-seven. He walks three steps, turns around, and says, "I beat Rick Volk on a post pattern." <laughs> I said, "Yes, you did," and I was there, coming across just in YouTube form and another way it came across my feed on my phone it said this and I just stopped and said this is this is nigh under miraculous because I watched it and then watched the week before and it's unbelievable to see these things again it said Rams uh, Colts at Rams December 1967 and it's the game of the week NFL films game of the week and the rehash in 22 minute form of that game that my dad took me to when I saw Snow beat Volk on the post pattern sitting there for my first football game at the Coliseum in Los Angeles with my dad next to me and he throwing me in the air after Did the 80-yard pass. Did the modern-day article and, mention the, the beating him on the post pattern? No, there was no – yeah, the, Jack Whitaker is the narrator, and he talked – you'll see on the slow-motion instant uh-huh. replay <laughs> the route Snow ran to con- confuse Volk. Well, anyway, I watched that whole thing. The week before, the Rams blocked a punt. I've, I've talked about how that was the day radio mm-hmm. came into my life for football, listening to the entire game because my dad and I, the following week, were going to go to this Rams-Colts Coastal Division title game against yeah. Unitas and the Colts with a winner-take-all for the division. The week before, the Rams had to win. Travis Williams, 104-yard kickoff return. I speak today from Tumwater, who remembers the great Travis Williams. And then in that game, the Packers led 24-20 to with 55 seconds to play. And the Rams, they're punting. Rams out of timeouts. It's, and they Rams would have been buried deep in their own territory with no timeouts and needing a touchdown. They blocked the punt. And then the game... The final touchdown is a play action to Tommy Mason. Gabriel rolls slightly to his left, and on a corner route hits Bernie Casey. Rams win 27-24. And the the fans who had left the Coliseum early were racing back in when they heard the roar (laughs) of the crowd on the block punt. So their writer talks about how the fans who were leaving were getting out of their cars and trying to run back into the stadium because they thought the game was over. Yeah. And just these people rushing to try to see the end, people standing around the rim of the Coliseum who had already left but then heard the punt block and came running back. It was quite a scene. 
But that was a play-action fake, and Whitaker talks about it. You'll see, and I think the linebacker for the Packers that bites, Bob Jeter, I believe his name is, Bob Jeter. Anyway, Jeter bit just enough on the play-action to to Mm -hmm. Mason that when Casey made the cut and ran to the corner, Gabriel just lofted it up to a wide-open Casey touchdown. So you're right. 1967, the play action froze the linebacker and led to the touchdown. So what's new about all of this? Right. Nothing new. Then why? how do they make a big analytics. deal out of Analytics. Here we go. Oh, my. I'm going to no. give you some football analytics. No. Listen to this. This, is, this, is fa- <laughs> this fascinated me getting into the kind of the minutia of football. Here is what the writer, Stephen Ruiz, says. Yeah. Over the last three weeks, Trubisky is completing 73.9% of his passes and averaging 8.9 adjusted yards per attempt. He ranks 11th in EPA per dropback and second in success rate per RBSDM.com. He's producing like a top 10 quarterback. All of that sounds good. But before Bears fans get too excited, I should point out that almost all of Trubisky's production is coming on those play-action plays that make any quarterback look good. And without those schematic crutches, his efficiency falls off a cliff. Since Week 13, Trubisky has averaged 0.44 EPA per dropback with a success rate of 69% when using play-action. Without play-action, those numbers drop to... 0.06 and 51.9 percent, respectively. So that's what I'm saying, Doc. What you're, what's new? What's it? Is the analytical data available? uh, And this writer's thesis: the play action is a crutch for the hiding. the quarterbacks that really can't make plays on their own or see the field have to rely on this crutch of play action that teams eventually catch up to. Now, I don't know whether what's going on with Jared Goff. I really don't. Mm-hmm. If you're a Rams fan and, and care about Goff and the Rams and were upset that the Seahawks won yesterday, I, I don't follow the Rams enough to know why Goff has slipped slipped off but in that same in the athletic today headline jared goff continues to regress with only himself to blame that's a headline and a story by molly knight in today's the athletic trying to account for what's happened to jared goff is it because teams are onto the play action scheme and that schematic crutch as this writer calls it isn't working for him anymore It's a main it's a main staple of the game of football. Yes, it is for almost any offense, but but some rely on it more than others, and that's the point of this writer. But who cares is my point. So for example, you could take analytics and go back in time and analyze yes, Johnny could. Unitas and find out he was just an average quarterback. That's right. That's what we're trying to do here. And How yet, do we account for, decades, for greatness? He is in legend and lore <laughs> or the land that he's one of the greatest of all time. Johnny U. Right, but number I can 19. go back and say, no, he's not that great. Not Why? With analytics. Well, he used a lot of play action. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could almost do that with all the great quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Steve Young would probably prevail as the greatest quarterback of all time because of his running ability. <laughs> yeah, I will say in watching some of those old films. And by the way, you can I think you can dial up almost any game because I, I've now seen in the 22-minute format, Game of the Week, Packers at Rams, 1967, with a block punt, Vince Lombardi. Did you just YouTube it? You just enter it in a search engine, it'll come up on YouTube. 
So you can pick. A, I've picked out because since discovering this, right. it's been a treasure. <laughs> yeah, I've which by the way, everybody's known about for years. But yeah, okay. No, you but and I, I mean, are caught up. That these things exist. Yeah. I mean, they're fairly new though. When I look to see when some of these things were posted within mm-hmm. the last four months, six oh, months. Okay. okay. But they're getting a lot of views. These great games from our past, and one in the comment section on the Rams Packers game from '67. The article, the upshot of the article from Tex Mall, SI, and, and Dave, I'll mention this to you, Tumwater. I hope you're familiar with the site, the SI Vault, SIVault.com, Sports Illustrated's Vault. I wrote in Packers, it was a cover story for SI in 1967, and the story in its entirety with photographs, Vince Lombardi shaking hands with Les Josephson after the game, beautiful stuff. To feed that nostalgic bet, I know that's probably I have a hungrier appetite for all of that than most. That's why I'm trying to talk about Mitchell Trubisky and his reliance on a schematic crutch. So my question to any of you is simply this: Do you understand what Ruiz is trying to say? Is John right in saying that? Look, play action's been around forever. Almost every team uses it, but what is it? If you're an NFL aficionado, an X and O's expert, somebody who who studied the game and seen the game for a long time, is there something? How do we how do we get to trying to explain Goff's recent regression? Molly Knight says Goff continues to regress, and he only has himself to blame. Well, I don't know what that means because I haven't seen the Rams games from start to finish all year long. But the upshot now is his regressing. What's wrong? Why? I'd love is to there, read that article to say what she says well, Molly is the Nutt, reason. Yeah, I haven't had a chance. to. I, that's a, one of those things where I stopped. I've yeah. got the headline in yeah. my queue. Haven't read the story yet. But are you observing anything? Did you watch the Seahawks-Rams yesterday? Buck Aikman, premier game on Fox. Good game. Rugged defensive struggle in the first half. Did Aikman take that theme up at all? I mean, Aikman's good and a great quarterback in his own right. So did he say, well, you see what's going on with Jared Goff. And I I didn't watch it closely enough to get to that level. But I would say that when you talk about play action, Goff is more reliant and and McVay's scheme seems to be more reliant on it than Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. So, So there are... While play action seems to be a part of almost every offense at some point, some teams and quarterbacks and offenses rely on it more heavily. And according to this writer on Trubisky, don't get too excited because these numbers are predicated on play action. Part of me wants to say, so what? If he's completing 73% of that, but you can't play action only works to a certain point because at a certain point, teams won't honor the action well and and that gets me to a point of that i wanted to bring up back when in the in the earlier days you know when you're a little kid and you learn something and you do it and you laugh about as you get older looking back look at how we did exactly what it was supposed to be so in other words a play action when i learned it mm-hmm. was the quarterback under center turning and then riding Almost like read option, mm-hmm. the belly of the fullback or whoever you're you're faking it to for as long as you can, and then pulling it out and looking for your receiver. Mm-hmm. Thus, the true fake. Then it evolved to literally a quarterback going back and then 
putting the putting his hands down in the motion of doing that, but yes. like oh, just flipping it down right. and back up, and then the announcer go oh, there he drops back in a play action. Right. I'm like well, where's the fake? There's no fake. Right. Like it, it like back in the early days of mm-hmm. learning it as a little kid of riding that guy out. Yeah. Those are di- yeah, and and different in the sense of the the zone read ride and all of that belly option type player whatever those are we're, we are talking different concepts play action what I like best are the play fakes when the quarterback fakes with his bare hand he's got the ball yeah. going back and that was put, another one of, yeah. of the NFL evolving to just kind of a ho hum yeah. on play action right. and you're thinking well. Is that faking the linebacker out? Is he thinking that he's handing it off? I doubt it. But the announcer would always call it a oh, yeah. play-action fake. Right. No, I know. Even though he's really just putting his hand down there. We're running out of time here on the fan. So let's go to uh, Paul. We've got to get some work done, don't we? I almost yeah. feel like with both of these callers. One, one more and then okay. we'll put two in Okay, the let's hour. go to Paul and then we'll close the hour with Dave who has responded. I hope he can watch his own Vince Lombardi in those Game of the Week formats on YouTube. Paul, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Yeah, hey, good morning. Uh, I think that uh, guy who wrote that article is a closet Bears fan and he's still pissed that they took Trubisky over Mahomes. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, who cares what the quarterback does a fake? I mean, all the quarterbacks do that fake, so why should he he single out Trubisky? <laughs> well, right well, now the Bears' offense is the hottest in the NFL, it seems. I think that's why he's take, he's trying to caution everybody, pumping Bears fans, telling Bears fans, don't get too excited about it. He's relying on a schematic crutch. <laughs> you know, that, that, that has no water. I, you know, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how crazy it is. This is why at some point, in fact, we may even reach out to Tim, who evidently isn't listening and may be listening and say, I'm not going to call those jokers. We may try because we need somebody who understands schematically what what the writer may be getting at. It doesn't, to me... Uh, that's a long, well-researched article that he has on Trubisky's success in the play-action scheme, Paul. So I think there may be something to what he's saying. He may be taking, making too much of it, but there may be something there. Yeah, well, we don't we don't get enough of the Bears games out here, so we really can't can't tell how often. No, he that's does. true. You know, we're kind of in the dark. So. Paul, thanks for the call. We're going to get uh, your good friend Dave in here. With Nall and Pierce, I wish we did. Yeah, I know. It'd be fun to see them more often on over-the-air television Mm -hmm. rather than the NFL package. Anyway, Dave, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Morning, guys. First, Mike, that that Rams game, now that was late December, right, around Christmas time. Wasn't that when that game was played? Well, your memory? the Rams-Packers game was December 23rd in Milwaukee in the playoffs, but the Rams-Packers game I'm referring to is December 9th of 67. Oh, okay, because I, 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 rem- I re- remember seeing that game, um, but the Travis Williams, uh, two, that, was, that was the playoff game where he, he returned the two kicks for touchdowns. Did he not, or am I 
My no. memory getting a little foggy. Yeah, a little foggy in that uh, he returned in the December 9th game at the Coliseum. He had a kickoff return of 104 yards for a touchdown. He'd had a game earlier where he returned two. In the playoff game, he did not return two kicks for a touchdown. I see. Well, they did win that one, though. That was, uh, that was Vince's last uh, Super Bowl. Well, to the reason why I called, uh, Mike, uh, I mean, I don't remember golf ever being a very good quarterback. I mean, he had an infamously poor showing in the Super Bowl two or three years ago. I mean, he was kind, he was perhaps at a Carson, Carson Wentz level of productivity, and even Wentz didn't win the Super Bowl with his team, as we know. So, uh, I mean, I was just watching that game in amazement yesterday because rarely is, has it been so evident to see a player make such profoundly misguided and almost the football equivalent of non-sequitur moves, right. throwing the ball when he could have run, throwing to non-existent. I mean, mm-hmm. at one point, Aikman just kind of scratches his head uh, verbally saying, I don't have any idea what he was doing on that, uh, which, which, uh, on, on that particular throw, which just goes to show, Mike, because... Later that night, of course, we see another Cal quarterback, mm-hmm. this time Aaron Rodgers. Um, and it's just amazing uh, to, to see the, 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 the contrast, the level of proficiency, uh, dropping dimes yeah. here and there. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just an amazing contrast, which, which brings me, I guess, to my uh, – and we've talked about it before, Mike, but maybe just for what, one more time for old time's sake – if you could recollect and reflect upon the times when Oregon State went up against Aaron Rodgers, because it's 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 hard to imagine uh, yeah. um, uh, him him playing there in Reser and then one time down at uh, Strawberry Canyon. But I, I would be interested in your uh, reflecting back on uh, uh, the bees against Aaron Rodgers in days long gone by. Well, I will tell you this, Dave. Uh, when you talk about Memorial Stadium in Berkeley or Reeser Stadium, the games against Aaron Rodgers, let's just let's just uh, stay with the game down at Memorial Stadium and not, <laughs> not talk too much about the one at Reeser. Gee, why? Uh, for this reason. In 2003, when Steven Jackson rushed for 227 and the Beaver offense was functioning well, Dave, Aaron Rodgers' stat line that day, 9 for 34, <laughs> 80 yards, and the Beavers win. I drove now, down to that game. The following year at Reeser, I don't have Aaron's numbers in front of me, but I will tell you the final score. Cal 49, Oregon State 7. So Aaron Rodgers exacted uh, a, quite a bit of revenge a year later, but I he was befuddled in 03, and you have to give the Beavers credit for making life miserable for him that day. Dave, we got to go. Great to hear from you. Thanks for the call, and hope to hear from you again. We've got an hour to go. We'll dive into some other things with your leave, and hope to hear from you on the Downward Dog phone line and text line. Four nine seven five three five six twelve forty Joe Radio. Save big during the year-end sale. It's going on right now at your coastal store. Coastal Farm and Ranch, just what your holiday. 
save on all key insulated bibs and jackets at 30% off. Plus, save $20 a pair on all Bob's boots. Plus, there's savings throughout the entire store. Right now, you can save 20% on all pellet, wood, and gas units in stock. Plus, get a free ton of pellet fuel when you purchase a pellet stove or insert, or a free vent kit when you purchase any gas insert. Visit us online at coastalcountry.com. That's coastalcountry.com or check the flip app to see our entire sales flyer online. Coastal Farm and Ranch Just what your holidays need Locally in Albany, Salem and Eugene Roll tape please Here's the microphone this thing on. This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. Twelve forty. Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with Your Money Now. Technology shares are leading stocks higher today with the indexes all bidding to notch fresh closing highs. The Dow Jones Industrials are up 245 points at 30,444. The S&P 500 has moved up 37. The tech-heavy Nasdaq's up 1% or 124 points. Shares of Apple, which have posted four straight weekly gains, are higher once again. The iPhone maker's stock is up another 3 and three-quarter percent. Among other big tech names, shares of Facebook are up 3.2 percent, while Google parent Alphabet is up about two and a third percent. U.S. oil prices retreated today. February crude slid 61 cents, about one and a quarter percent, settling at 47.62 a barrel. A report from MasterCard finds U.S. retail sales rose three percent during this year's expanded holiday shopping season, October 11th to Christmas Eve, powered by a pandemic-driven shift toward online Online shopping. Data shows holiday e-commerce sales made up 20% of total retail sales. That's your money now. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-469-7272. That's 800-469-7272. 800-469-7272. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Experience the incredible flavors of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Enjoy gourmet made-to-order Indian cuisine using traditional recipes and fresh spices, including dinner entrees and tandoori specials. Evergreen Indian Restaurant is open for dinner 4.30 to 9 p.m. daily, except on Tuesdays, with carry-out curbside pickup and delivery options all available. Order online and view the menu at evergreenindianrestaurant.com on Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis and on West 7th in Eugene. Get a taste of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. 2020 saw some of Oregon's worst wildfires, which have impacted all of us. How are you holding up? Are you sleeping okay? There's help available for you and the people you love. 
Through the Safe and Strong Helpline, you can connect to resources and regain a sense of control. Call 1-800-923-4357 or visit safestrongoregon.org slash wildfire to get immediate mental and emotional help. It's free and confidential. That's 1-800-923-HELP. Save big during the year-end sale. It's going on right now at your Coastal store. Coastal Farm and Ranch. Just what your holidays need. Hurry in and save on all key insulated bibs and jackets at 30% off. Plus save $20 a pair on all box boots. Plus there's savings throughout the entire store. Right now you can save 20% on all pellet, wood, and gas units in stock. Plus get a free ton of pellet fuel when you purchase a pellet stove or insert. Or a free vent kit when you purchase any gas insert. Visit us online at CoastalCountry.com. That's Coastal Country. Or check the flip app to see our entire sales flyer online. Coastal Farm and Ranch, just what your holidays need. Locally in Albany, Salem, and Eugene. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Go Beavs. With the Bloomberg Business of Sports Report, I'm Michael Barr. The NBA's new season hit a COVID bump. The Houston Rockets were supposed to play the Oklahoma City Thunder Wednesday, but multiple positive or inconclusive COVID tests meant the Rockets didn't have enough players to field a team. On top of that, star James Harden couldn't play because of what the league called a violation of its health and safety guidelines. The league says he went to a private indoor party. The game was postponed. It's a blow to the NBA's attempt to have a season without the restricted bubble like last season. Former XFL commissioner and CEO Oliver Luck asked the District of Connecticut to impose a $23.8 million prejudgment remedy against the American Football League's former owner, Vince McMahon. Luck believes he was wrongfully terminated. Luck asked the judge to issue an order allowing him to garnish property belonging to McMahon to secure the sum he claims he is owed. And that is a Bloomberg Business of Sports report. I'm Michael Barr. The need has always been there. The need for food, shelter, compassion. This year, it just happens to be greater. If you need help, please reach out. If you can give help, please reach within. In a year with fewer red kettles, your $25 monthly donation helps rescue Christmas for the most vulnerable. Enlist in Love's Army at givewestwood.org. If you caught the first season of the podcast Wild Thing with journalist Laura Krantz, you know she believes in science, logic, and rational thought. And you heard her seek out Bigfoot. That's right. I said Bigfoot. In season two, she looks for extraterrestrial life. It's not ridiculous anymore. 
to talk about life out beyond Earth. We're developing technologies to go explore. Listen and subscribe to Wild Thing on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. People, wherever you roam, for the times we are changing. Everywhere things are changing. Things will change. Something is changing, 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 It's true. Everywhere things are changing. <gasps> changing now. But even as Beaver football enters a new era, from an old tempo these chains. to a new tempo. Here we come a lot of number 29 in. What are they going to get? 25 to get 30 now. In the world of the Joe Beaver Show, it's still John Warren. Well, I heard he speaks eight languages. And on top of everything else, holds a degree in medicine as well as law. He's very attractive. And Mike Parker, director of Woody Repartee. Hello. 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 Howdy. So the more things change, changing, 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 the more they remain the same. Hi, diddle, diddle, a cat in the fiddle. This time I think we go through the middle. Hi. It's the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. How much of today's Bills game will you see? Not much, probably. <laughs> I, that's why I asked. Okay. I didn't see much of the Seahawks. I didn't either. I watched a, a lot of the, the Tennessee uh, Green Bay game. I saw a little bit of the Seahawks Rams, and I felt like I saw the most important sequence of the game coming out at halftime, 6-6 tie. And Russell Wilson leads the Seahawks to a touchdown, mm-hmm. a long pass to the receiver Moore. His first name escapes me at the moment, but a great catch. That was a 45-yard play that set everything up. There were a couple of times I thought Russell was going to and should have run and didn't through passes instead, and it mm-hmm. worked out. There mm-hmm. were 45-yarder to Moore, an example. Then another little dump off where it looked like he was going to – I mean, Russell – Seems less reliant on the schematic crutches. He's able to make plays on his own. And so you read this. I'll, I'll close the article. And we've got some theories being offered on the University Honda text line as to what may be happening with Jared Goff. Here is what the, the way the article on the schematic crutch of, of play action closes. After Sean McVay transformed the Rams' offense along with Goff's career with this scheme, which came a year after Kyle Shanahan coordinated a record-breaking offense based on a lot of the same principles in Atlanta, we've seen the derivatives of this scheme spread across the league and elevate quarterbacks who have had problems with the whole mental process, quote-unquote, part of quarterbacking. This system is the football equivalent of paint-by-numbers. Essentially, any quarterback capable of making the most routine throws can have success. And then, you know, he goes on to say the fan bases are angry. 
Why are you penalizing a quarterback for playing in a system that plays to his strengths? And the writer concludes by saying, I'm sure Bears fans will be in my mentions asking the same question when this article is published. I'd like to look at those splits I present. I say, look at the splits I presented. Why is this quarterback's biggest strength something that every quarterback seems to be good at? And if almost every quarterback is good at it, is that strength all that valuable? In other words, is that quarterback worth 10 to 15% of your salary cap, the going rate for a franchise passer? The answer for Trubisky is the same as the answer for the rest of the Shanahan, McVay, Kubiak quarterbacks. Probably not. And you're better off letting another team pay the money to find that out. I, I, I need to have a conversation with that. That writer? With that writer. Stephen Ruiz. In, in a, a setting where you could take a lot of time because I have a lot of questions. What does he even mean? I really don't understand that. The play action pass and the way he describes it in the article of a receiver deep or a medium right. receiver over the middle and then a, a jump shallow. off. Mm-hmm. Isn't that essentially football? <laughs> right. I mean, it, to me, yeah. if you, you there's either <laughs> right. the, your, your old fashioned Mike Riley play action football, Jonathan Smith, a lot play of action play football, action, yeah, or there's read option, which is kind of died out now. And every once in a while, a read option play will come into play, where that is very simply everybody, you know, wide receivers out, everybody's up, and then the quarterback takes it and reads and goes with it. It's the quarterback making the play on a running play. Okay, so read option, play action pass, or shotgun everybody goes and the quarterback makes a play. Air raid, uh, run yeah. and shoot. Yeah. Outside of that, Wishbone. back in the day, and again, I, I go back to Johnny Unitas, even, uh, you know, Namath. Bart Starr. Bart Starr um, come up to... Uh, I don't know, the 70s and the 80s. The NFL was play-action pass. Mm-hmm. It was all play-action pass. They didn't do anything that involved the running, the quarterback running. No, but not all passes were predicated on play-action. Ter- oftentimes, a quarterback would just take the snap and make a five- or seven-step drop yeah, yeah. and look downfield yeah, without any right. run fake. It's play-action, meaning it's either that or, or you're throwing without yeah. the play-action. Right. But now it's RPO. It's run-pass option mm-hmm. where they'll they'll spread out and, and, and boot one side or the other and look for either the run or the option, as you noted last night on that one drive that you thought that uh, Russell Wilson should have run and he didn't, but the pass part of it worked. Mm-hmm. And the RPO means doesn't mean it's a quarterback run-pass option. RPOs mean that the quarterback decides whether to give the ball off for a run or take the pass option in a given play. Okay, right. But there's also the rollout with a decision with flooded zones. Exactly. The The quarterback can make a decision. Right. But he's on the move outside of the pocket. Right. Okay. Using this article to say that it's almost as if he's saying that play-action pass is something new. No, I think what I think the, the final paragraphs actually sum up decently his thesis, his point. Quarterback the transcendent quarterbacks, the great ones, are not scheme reliant in terms of he's saying anyone, any quarterback 
is pretty successful in play action stuff. So there's a, you could stop right there and say, well, the, yeah, and that's why everybody has an element in it. There, it's a good play. Play action's good. But he's trying to argue that any quarterback is successful in that scheme. Therefore, find the quarterback and pay the quarterback that's a difference maker in other ways to read defenses, other ways to attack defenses. Russell Wilson comes to mind. That's okay. If you go back to older football, basically run pass option, or not, I'm sorry, uh, play action pass was football. The run game or the play action pass or drop back and pass. Right. That was it. That was right. it. Mm-hmm. And you had guys that everybody ran it. What separated the the, the the Hall of Famers from the non-Hall of Famers were the ability, first of all, to read it, because you still have to find the open man. And throw it to him. Make that play. Right. right. You, some guys have stronger arms than others. Mm-hmm. You still have to think. So you have to think, is he open deep? Is he open mid? Or is he right. open short? <clears throat> You have to. You have to do checkdowns. Um, there's checkdowns now. He's trying. The writer's trying to say that there's more complicated checkdowns. Yeah, probably. But there was always a checkdown, and that then everyone did that. But then the better quarterbacks did other things outside of that within that framework. For example, if they they could read it, no one's open. Boom! I'll run, and he mm-hmm. was a really good runner. Mm-hmm. Or, or create a play right. by. Scrambling around, right. shifting, Fran stepping Tarkington. up in the pocket, removing the pocket, rolling, and keeping right. the play alive, as they keeping say. The and play then, alive. then right. suddenly now you're right. improvising with your receivers who are with you in that same game. And some quarterbacks do that better than others, obviously. So if he's just saying, hey, for all the stiff quarterbacks out there that can do nothing but play action pass and they can't run very mm-hmm. well, he's trying to say that they're all that way. I don't think they are. No, he, I don't think he's saying that. I think he's saying that all quarterbacks succeed at a higher rate within the play-action schematic, and it's a schematic crutch. Right. So you're going to you, – it's a little bit like running backs in the Denver Broncos system for years. I remember thinking, oh, man, how can they lose that running? Well, they just plugged in the next guy. They had a good zone-blocking scheme and successful ways of running the football. And for years, Denver would just, the next running back would come in and you'd marvel, oh man, he's a great running back, when he may not necessarily have been a difference maker at running back. Jim Wilson often makes the point about Jamar, whom we spoke of last hour. And his point about Jamar was, Mike, he's a difference maker. Meaning that, He's bigger than just a zone. He's he's a good zone runner, and he's going to mm-hmm. get you some yards in your scheme. Well, no, he he he's one of those transcendent backs mm-hmm. that is going to make more of a given play. The yeah. potential to break yeah. it, a potential to find the hole and get you when there's nothing there. He can make something. If there is a little bit there, he can get a lot there. If there's a lot there, he can take it to the house. He's a difference maker from the standpoint of a more pedestrian running back that I think this writer is trying to say Trubisky and others who rely on on the play-action schemes that usually work for most quarterbacks just because they're safer, there's less reads, it's less complicated. Most quarterbacks at that level can make the throw and get the ball to people. I, I think he's trying to say there's an end point and how much you can rely on that schematically. So we're going to get to some text here, John. 
that I haven't had a chance to read because I was trying to research Molly Knight's thesis as to Jared Goff only has himself to blame for his regression, hoping there might be a little bit of the analytics involved or a little bit of the schematic breakdown involved. And all Molly does in that story in The Athletic is say that the Rams' problems indeed fall at Jared Goff's feet, that all of the interceptions he threw last year, the regression in his game, Sean McVay and company tried to go to work on it. And and I'm just wondering if there's any sort of getting that defenses have caught up with him or the defenses have solved a little bit of the play action schematic crutch. And that's coming. I think the writer's saying, and that's going to be coming for Mitchell Trubisky and others who are overly reliant upon that as a means to their success. I think that's all he's trying to say. He may be making too much out of it. I don't know enough football to know if he is, but you're getting, we're getting, and thank you for that on the university Honda text line, some responses. So what do you got, Well, a John? couple of things okay. here. Uh, Curtis writes in and says, I think quarterbacks failing in the NFL is more on the teams they're going to, less than the quarterback themselves. Okay. okay. Um, a phone number, but I don't know who wrote mm-hmm. this, but in NFL terms, Goff is seeing ghosts, feeling pressure when there isn't any, mm-hmm. getting rid of the ball early when he could have held it and let the play develop. The game is moving too fast right now. Cannot be the long-term answer for the Rams. How about that? But how do Remember you, get, how he how was do you just, regress to that? Though? Just a couple of years ago, he was the McVay offense with Goff running it and all the receivers. It looked like the Rams had hit yes. on the beauty of all things. Yes, they had Gurley as their running right. back. But if you remember, if you really remember, Goff started out slow and they were wondering if it was a bad pick. He couldn't, it, it, he wasn't. And remember his first year he was there. They never really explained this. And he didn't play. He didn't even suit up, but they did not declare an injury. Right. And that was like, why is your first round pick, or whatever he was, mm-hmm. sitting on the sidelines and he's not even dressed up. Right. And they never even addressed it. Mm-hmm. And then the next year he started out and he didn't do very well. And then he exploded. Right. And right. just became the, you know, the wonderkind. Um, Tim from Corvallis says, great to hear you guys tired of the fill-ins on the shows inferior to yours. Thank you, Tim. Very nice. Uh, next. Oh, great, Mike. Now you're telling me I can watch the Niners thump the Bears in 88 NFC Championship and sub-freezing temps? Yes. And any number of time-draining NFL <laughs> replays? 2021 looks to me an especially non-productive 365 days. <laughs> what are you finding that's new? The, the NFL films? John, all I'm saying is I, I, NFL films have been around forever, yeah. but not all of them. You can't just go to NFL films and pick out a game. They uh-huh. have to be – there's a joker named – he calls himself Comrade Dobler. That's his handle. <laughs> and this guy named Comrade yeah. Dobler – is posting these, and so people in the comments go, oh, comrade, this is great. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. So what I'm saying is, is the gatekeeper? I don't know who he is, but somehow he's posting lately right. these games of the week from the NFL Films Vault. So you found it just by Googling a one particular game, and it was there, and that's you how know, you found not, it. I didn't even do that because I'm not sure I would have had the wherewithal. Maybe any game can be done that way. I think yeah. almost any game can be Googled with a box score and information on almost any major league level. You can do that. I get that. Right. 
but I think I, I wanted to see exactly how many times, you know, something about the Rams-Packers game from 67. I'm mm-hmm. not even sure, but it just showed up. G-O-T-W, game of the week. Packers at Rams, 1967. And here's Roman Gabriel, 22 minutes of watching the games I listened to, jumped into my dad's arms when he drove home because it meant the game next week that he bought tickets for had meaning. The Coastal Division Championship being thrown into the air by my dad on the 80-yard touchdown pass by Gabriel to Snow is one of my favorite memories of my life. But what you're saying is that what you found was... was uh, New to me. In, but it was an, a shortened NFL version's 22 minutes of that game? It was the game of the week, which was their half-hour show. Half-hour show. The NFL game of the week, so 22 week. minutes with a narrator, sometimes Facenda, yeah. sometimes Whitaker. And the setup, the highlights, the replays, the okay. analysis. I I had not seen those games in that form. The full game isn't available. The full game is not available that I can see anywhere. Otherwise, it would have come up as I searched it out further. I'm just saying that NFL fans, if you have a particular era, a favorite era, and maybe this is old hat to all of you. Yeah. I'm just saying for me, it's a yeah. new and wonderful discovery to be able to go That's back great. and find some games in that abbreviated format and watch Rams Packers, Rams Colts, Redskins Vikings, Redskins Cowboys games, the entire Thanksgiving Day game when Clint Longley led the Cowboys back and busted my heart on Thanksgiving Day of 74. That is available. You can play the whole game on YouTube. It's there with the announcers, the commercials. It's a fun format to explore. And I'm just saying, give it a shot. If you have a favorite NFL game from your day, whether it's 88 that Tim's talking about or whatever else, 49ers, Bears, uh, pick it out and you might be able to find a NFL game of the week type version of it. Or this week in the NFL, back in those days when before we had our access to highlights instantaneously for every game at once, you'd wait a week for this week in pro football this week in the NFL to see what had happened the week before yeah. and love that show. Yeah, yeah, or halftime of the Monday Night Football. Right. And I could never stay awake for it. And there are Monday Night Football games in their entirety that are available with Howard Cosell and his <laughs> highlight package I'd like at halftime, to see the which is humorous. Vikings when uh, Tony Dorsett ran 99 yards for a touchdown. I watched that one live. Look it up. Tony Dorsett runs 99. You probably can find it in its, uh, whether in its complete form, on YouTube. maybe in a highlight form. Yeah, yeah. So that stuff's fun. I mean, that. It's that, great. I could get lost and sucked well, into that. Better world. than that. Better than that. Just for fun, I went back and listened to some old baseball games, and people have put right. on full games. From the 1930s. Exactly. And when you say people have put on, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. a comrade Dobler, not NFL film, it's some just a guy, guy who has, has access it, to them. Right, and uploaded right. them, and right. there they are. And occasionally, the entity itself will load its stuff yep. up, and through poor advertising, they don't tell you about it. You find it, and it's like, there's every single one of those. Right. Oh, my goodness. It's sweet. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Now... A little more modern stuff. You know, I know, I mean, I can get lost in 1967 remembering Yaz and a four-team four pennant race to the end 
and remembering the Red Sox Cardinals in Game 7 and the flowering and subsequent flowering of New England is written by Roger Angel. 67 is one of my favorite years in all of life because of my dad throwing me in the air at the Coliseum. Okay, so 67 is a cool year for me. But let's go to uh, December 28th. 2020 headlines in the Gazette Times sports section before we go to break. Okay, here they are. What will decide CFP matchups? Okay, that's, I get that. Okay. The sad news about Nuxie, and it says Nuxie, Phil Necro, dies at 81 in an obituary on the great Phil Necro. The next headline, division in hand, referring to the Seahawks' victory over the Rams yesterday, 20-9. Mm-hmm. to nine. At the bottom of the page, Doc, the headline caught my head. Big Sam pulls another <laughs> stunner. So, Big Sam pulls another stunner, and I saw the headline. I thought, what, did Sam Darnold win again? Another game? I mean, what? <laughs> What a, Big Sam left Seattle in the year of 92, north to Alaska. The rush is on. Big Sam, Sam McGee, going to be the cremation of Sam McGee along Lake Labar. I mean, Big Sam, Big Sam pulls another stunner. Now, I, I, I read most of the article, and I think it's the first time I ever have. Yes, just to see why? who is Big Sam and why is it a headline. First paragraph. And it got it got me again to thinking just how small our frame of reference is. Mine is, anyway. I don't want to speak for anybody else. I didn't know who Big Sam was. I still don't fully understand. Most don't get me don't. wrong. Most but, but you say most people don't. It's a headline in our local paper. So <laughs> I'm one. No, no, no. I, I, I respect the editorial choice, and I'm wondering... If we have within, embedded within our community that doesn't call the Joe Beaver show ever, probably never listens either, that know exactly what the headline meant like that. Oh, yeah. Well, they're talking about what, however you pronounce it, Sam Allardyce, the manager of West Bromwich Albion, who guided his team to a 1-1 draw at Liverpool at Anfield. In, in April in 2017, Big Sam led Crystal Palace to a 2-1 to win over Liverpool, the last time Liverpool lost a league game at home. So, all of that is big news. Big Sam, Allardyce is unbeaten in each of his last four league games at Anfield. <laughs> now, that language is Greek to me. It, it means nothing really to me, but... Steve Gress, the folks at the Gazette Times, must there must be a reason to place that there. There's a big enough following of the Premier League, the English Soccer Premier League, right here to warrant the placement of that on the front page of the Gazette Times. Granted, there's not a lot of Beaver stuff going on. We understand that. But, John, do you understand what I, why I'm asking the question? There's an editorial decision made, and I can only assume, I don't think it just because it fit. Maybe Doc Gress would say, well, the photograph fit, and, you know, there's enough of an appetite in a market, and people, some people, not you, not me, know who Big Sam Allardyce is. Oh, yeah, they do. Actually, EPL is huge. Is it? Yeah. In your, Do you know anybody in your world that follows it? Yes. Who? My um, wife's son. Okay. 
and like, into it. Yes. Okay. So and, I, and a lot, actually, a lot of kids and a lot of people, ever since the um, introduction of video soccer, because you know how the games got better. So now you go online, you can make your own team, mm-hmm. you can follow things. So I, I have a friend who I used to do games with, NFL and NBA, but mostly NFL just knows everything. It's, the whole world is about the NFL. So we lost touch for a while, but I noticed him on Twitter making soccer references. Like that's that call against mm. Manchester was ridiculous. Okay. And I, I nearly dropped the phone. <laughs> I'm like, what? Scott, what are you? You're working up a passion for, for what? Right. When did that, I mean, that literally is like someone that was in your family and all of a sudden liking something, you know, you know, in fact, he used to mock the sport. Right. Right. And now all of a sudden, because I haven't met around in a while, he's, he's like, oh, no, it's great. And then I did talk to him. He goes, no, no, I started to follow it and, and okay. really get into it. And I was just like, almost, you want to say A2? Mm-hmm. Scott, A2? And I'm happy to, to bring it up. Only We rarely, if ever, do. But I, I do want to ask if in the midst of our world on this Monday, December 28, 2020, if... Yeah, and how I'm trying to figure out how big of a story that is. Somehow it strikes me, the st- the sentence, and if it's pronounced Allardyce, I hope so. Allardyce is unbeaten in each of his last four league games at Anfield. That that strikes me as that must be amazing. But how amazing is it? <laughs> I mean, what 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 is that analogous to in our in our more prosaic pedestrian world that we're involved in and don't understand the, the English Premier Soccer League. Part of me wants to say there isn't anybody listening to us right now that knows that knows it. But I have to think of a lot of the younger set, well, a lot of people yeah. who play online video games and play EPL soccer okay. on, you know, their soccer version of Madden, whatever. Yeah. And are really into it okay. and really know. Well, if you are, if you are amongst those that John just cited, we want to hear from you. Tell us something about Big Sam. 497-5356. And I'm serious. This is a day with the Beaver sports on pause. The Beaver men will play again on Thursday at 3 against Stanford. We'll get into that a little bit tomorrow. But today... On this Monday, December 28th, just looking at GT headlines, that's the one that captured my fancy. Big Sam pulls another stunner. How stunning was the 1-1 draw? More stunning than the win three years ago. 2-1, to the last time Liverpool lost a league game at home. That's impressive in its own right. I don't even know. I don't need well, to know look, anything. You sound like an expert right Well, I there. don't need to know anything about the sport to know that you don't lose a league game at home for three years. That's You must be pretty good. Yeah, no matter if it's horse jumping yeah, or, exactly. or the NFL. <laughs> so if you have anything you'd like to share on that, on Jamar Jefferson's place, just having watched all the backs through the years, Jared Goff continues to struggle, and he only has himself to blame, or is it the schematic too heavily reliant on play action that people have caught up with? I mean, anything you'd like to contribute, we'd love to hear from you. 497-5356-1240, Joe Radio. Save big during the year-end sale. It's going on right now at your Coastal store. Coastal Farm and Ranch, just what your holidays need. 
save on all key-insulated bibs and jackets at 30% off. Plus, save $20 a pair on all Bob's boots. Plus, there's savings throughout the entire store. Right now, you can save 20% on all pellet, wood, and gas units in stock. Plus, get a free ton of pellet fuel when you purchase a pellet stove or insert, or a free vent kit when you purchase any gas insert. Visit us online at CoastalCountry.com. That's CoastalCountry.com. Or check the flip app to see our entire sales flyer online. Coastal Farm and Ranch. Just what your holidays need. Locally in Albany, Salem, and Eugene. Angry Beaver Grill is open for covered and heated outdoor dining as well as dinner-to-go orders Tuesday through Sunday. Get the favorites including Angry Beaver's Reuben and French Dip Sandwiches, Burgers, Tacos, and the Gables Recipe Chicken Bisque Soup and Garlic Croutons. And don't miss Angry Beaver's Friday and Saturday night famous Gables Smoked Ribeye Steak Dinner Special. Angry Beaver Grill open Tuesday through Sunday from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. for covered and heated outdoor dining in the back of the restaurant. And for carryout on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis, Angry Beaver Thank you for your support. Middleton Heating has been here helping you for over 71 years, 24 hours a day. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating and cooling equipment. Heating unit troubling you? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. For new equipment, Middleton offers several financing options and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. Don't forget Middleton's custom sheet metal shop is still taking orders, large or small. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, and sheet metal needs online at middletonheating.net hey beaver fans football is back over the past several months we all have come together to help each other in this covid struggle but would you know how to help a family member or a co-worker in the time of an emergency hi i'm todd washington owner of cpr works where we teach people the skills to help someone in the time of an emergency i am currently holding both virtual and in-person classes for cpr and first aid for more information or to schedule a class, contact me at cpr-works.com. Go Beavs, we're back. 1240 Joe Radio. Just got a confirmation from a friend and a sponsor, a friend of Beaver Nation, Shannon Nill, the proprietor at uh, Guarantee RV. And I think, speaking of headlines in the Gazette Times, Shannon will join us in a few minutes. We want to get to John on the downward dog sports line. But I was so pleased to see this story. A special gift for Corvallis schools, the headline. And a story bylined uh, Naya Tariq. Corvallis School District gets pumper cars for special need students thanks to Junction City Company. And that company is Guarantee Chevrolet and RV Supercenters. And Shannon Nill will join us in a few minutes to talk about his heart and purpose and passion and reason for making that generous donation. And it just it's a great story if you haven't seen it yet in today's GT. Now, the GT headline in the sports section that caught my attention was one that we tried to make sense of going into break. Big Sam pulls another stunner. When I think of Big Sam, I think of leaving Seattle in 1892, as most do, going north to Alaska and the rush was on. If you don't think of it, I, I'm sorry for you because it's a, it's a great tune. Bad movie, great song. Let's go to John on the Downward Dog Sports Line. John, good afternoon. Thanks for the call. 
Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks oh, for taking my call. Thank you. Hey, so I'm a longtime Everton fan, and uh, I became a fan of Everton because of Tim Howard. He's, of course, uh, the legend, goal, legendary goalkeeper uh, for the United States. Anyways, uh, he Big Sam came in to Everton about four years ago, and he had to come and save our team from being relegated. Mm-hmm. So that's that's sort of what he does and is known for. He takes a, a bad situation. He brings in a type of football that uh, nobody likes. <laughs> it's not fun to watch. I watched the game last night. It was horrible. But uh, he he what he did was he tied. He took one of the worst teams in the Premier League, and he tied the best, hmm. the Liverpool, and they also won uh, the league last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, you know, it is surprising to me, too, that it makes uh, front page of the GT. I'm not used to seeing that. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but it, it is quite big news to pull that off. But I, I figured I'd give you a little background on Big Sam there. John, that's great, it's and great. that's exactly what I was hoping to hear. What, What is it that, that you say he – it's fascinating to me that he's unbeaten in four trips to Anfield. Is in, in his last four trips, he hasn't lost a match, which is phenomenal in itself, I would think. But when you say it's not pretty to watch, is that just his reputation, his M.O.? How does he – how does he take bad teams, relegated teams, or whatever, and make them relevant? How does he do it? What are his methods? Well, like the game yesterday, he just parked the bus, and that's uh, that's soccer talk for everybody, including forwards. We're all just working defensively. Uh, so what he does is he just sits in defensively. Maybe they get scored on, but what they do is they just wait for the one or two opportunities, and that's all it takes for his style. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. Liverpool was ahead by a goal this entire time, and then Big Sam, true style, <laughs> took his one. His team took his one opportunity and tied at Anfield, and that is just. Stereotypical Big Sam. Okay, can he, has he risen above just being a guy to fix bad and relegated teams? Has he ever won a championship on his own right? You know, I'd have to, I, I, I don't know that. I don't think he has. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I don't think, in my opinion, in today's football, that he would be. Uh, could win a championship. I think maybe perhaps in the old days, you know, when it was more defensive minded and didn't have all these superstar strikers and everything, mm-hmm. uh, possibly. Okay. Now you became a fan because of Ken Howard, or were you always a fan of the, of the premier league, the EPL? You know, I was sniffing around and kind of didn't have a team. I always watched the EPL, so that that is true there. But then I finally had, you know, found my team when Tim Howard uh, signed with Everton. Uh, 
Do you have a circle in town, John? I mean, you know, the Corvallis Sports Park down on next to Papa's Pizza, when I've been in there, it seems like, you know, because of the indoor soccer facility and so on, it seems like there's a soccer community. Is there a soccer community within the Mid-Valley that you are aware of where you will get together and watch matches? Yeah, you know, we that used to be about the only place where I could get together with uh, especially random people who know mm-hmm. uh, about soccer. Uh, but I, I definitely do have a very close-knit group of friends, about 10, 12 friends that we all have our teams and we talk trash. And, you know, last year, exactly this time last year, I was in Manchester City to watch my Everton take <laughs> on Manchester City. <laughs> Had you been before? Is that an annual pilgrimage, or do you, is that something that was a first for you? Yeah, I, I actually went the year before that as well. Good for you. <laughs> That's a great passion to have, uh, John, and we appreciate you taking time to share a little bit with us some of the background. Allardyce sounds like a fascinating figure in the history of the sport, and I'm glad he did what he did to give us something today out of the GT to talk about out of the box that we normally don't. So thanks for taking time for us. Uh, we appreciate it. Hey, do you play the yeah, video games? You. Do you play the video I games? Appreciate that, you guys so much. Thanks a lot, John. Do you play the video games that uh, John was talking about? No, okay. no. I, I I play a flight simulator. It's very fun, but very boring to most. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh, Happy New Year to you, John. Thanks for the call. That, that was a great call. It was a great call because he, he met exactly where, a great need yeah. that we clearly exactly. had. We have them on almost everything we are. We need still need somebody to break and, down. And I'm glad Dwayne's calling because, Dwayne, I, I saw the score. Doug was watching it. I didn't get a chance. I wanted to. And now you're saying, did you guys talk about the end of that game? We have so not. So it must have been a so great game. So tell us about the end of Liberty Coastal Carolina, Dwayne, if you would. Okay, I'll try to be. I'm not I'm not real comfortable on the phone, so I'll try. Um, but the, the uh, Coastal Carolina tied the game up at 34 and Liberty uh, got down to, uh, I think, with, with, with first and goal, and I don't remember the exact uh, yard line. And on first and goal, the, the running back took the handoff and just stood there, and there was no, there was a big hole, but the hole was full of Coastal Carolina guys, and they stood there. And uh, so they finally, they went out and they went to, towards him, and he just dropped on the ground. He was just trying to run as much time as he could. Mm-hmm. And on the next play, for some reason, he went toward the goal line this time, and an offensive uh, uh, lineman started to push him, and the Coastal Carolina guys started pulling him into the end zone. <laughs> you know, he fumbled the ball yeah. on the uh, on the length of the football. He he didn't get in the end zone. They did the replay and everything. He fumbled the ball right on the goal line, and Coastal Carolina picked it up, and and, and so the that that was uh, the the game ended in a tie, and um, then on in, in the first play in the first um, play, first tiebreaker, that um, Liberty uh, kicked the field goal, and on the second, uh, and then when mm-hmm. Carolina uh, got the ball, uh, they they couldn't get in, so they tried a field goal and. Liberty blocked it. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it, it was just an amazing ending to a game. It was just uh, 
Sounds like it, and I look forward to being able to look it up and see the end. Thank you for bringing it to our attention, Dwayne. Is there a lesson, though, a little bit? You know, people said Victor Bolden should have fallen down in 2013 in the rivalry game down the road because they needed to run more time off the clock and not give Mariota time on the back end, but... There's no guarantee you're going to score, right? <laughs> yep. Well, I, I remember I was at that game. And yeah. I, I forget his name. His number was seven, though. Yeah. Victor Bolden on a fly sweep Bolden, scored, okay. but okay, there were yeah. there were people who yeah, made the yeah, argument that, that he should have fall uh, he should have fallen down. Thanks for the call, Dwayne. Great to talk yeah. to you. So just a quick yeah. quick recap. It was tied. And Liberty wanted to kill kill time around the one yard line, just let the clock go down, right. so the running back wouldn't score, <laughs> so, so they could have basically an end of game field goal. But the running back fumbled the ball. Right, they did go to overtime and won it anyway. And won it anyway, but it almost turned disastrous. But, on. but they they pulled the guy. I mean, it's just hilarious <laughs> sounding. No, you yeah. are going to score. Right, come on. Gosh, that's funny. How often have you seen that in life? Let's take a break. We'll come back with a good friend and sponsor of the show on a tremendous story in today's GT, a special gift for Corvallis schools. If you haven't seen it, we'll talk to Shannon himself about it next. Shannon Nill from Guarantee Chevrolet and RV Supercenters next on 1240 Joe Radio. Save big during the year-end sale. It's going on right now at your Coastal store. Coastal Farm and Ranch, just what your holidays need. Hurry in and save on all key-insulated bibs and jackets at 30% off. Plus, save $20 a pair on all Bob's boots. Plus, there's savings throughout the entire store. Right now, you can save 20% on all pellet, wood, and gas units in stock. Plus, get a free ton of pellet fuel when you purchase a pellet stove or insert, or a free vent kit when you purchase any gas insert. Visit us online at CoastalCountry.com. That's CoastalCountry.com. Or check the flip app to see our entire sales flyer online. Coastal Farm and Ranch, just what your holidays need. Locally in Albany, Salem, and Eugene. Your satisfaction is our success. Independent Auto Works. Need someone to service or repair your Volkswagen? See the guys at Independent Auto Works. Since 1970, they've been repairing and servicing all makes and models of VWs. And since they're next to the OSU campus, if you're a student or on staff, you can drop your car off and walk to work. For parts, service, or just plain advice, see the guys you can trust. Your satisfaction is our success. Independent Auto Works. We set them up. You knock them down. Corvallis. 
This is Mike Parker for Evenflow Plumbing, your trusted award-winning plumber for the Mid-Valley. Evenflow specializes in complete plumbing and drain cleaning solutions for residential and commercial jobs. They treat your home like it's their home, and their flat rate pricing means no surprises at the end of the job. Evenflow takes pride in doing the job right the first time. Just call 541-738-8853 for all your plumbing needs. When you need a pro, go with the flow. Evenflow Plumbing. He has been a, a generous supporter of uh, Oregon State Athletics, of the Joe Beaver Show, a lover of the Beavers for almost all of his life, I dare say, and that's Shannon Nill. And from a split family. Yeah, and, and, and but I'm happy for Shannon. Yes. He wins the rivalry game <laughs> bet. So we're very happy to open our conversation with Shannon on that note, even though what we're primarily wanting to talk about is a story you can read in the Gazette Times today, headlined a special gift for Corvallis schools, the Corvallis school district getting pumper cars for special needs students, thanks to Guarantee Chevrolet and RV Supercenters. Shannon Nill joins us. Shannon, happy holidays to you. Thanks for taking time for us, and congratulations on this. I want to get into how this all came together, but first, congratulations on winning the rivalry bet. What what exactly <laughs> yeah. was at stake this year? Well, you know, we got a little weak this year because we didn't actually have a bet because it kind of looked like it was a hair one-sided and Eric and I came up with this unity thing and togetherness and all of that. And so then I, I when the game was won by the Beavers, I was like, oh, my God, we missed a chance. <laughs> what a game. What a finish. Yeah. The most exciting matchup ever, possibly. And it'll go down as the, uh, the game formerly known as Civil War. Yep. And it was a great game, wasn't it, Shannon? I mean, that was, was thrilling. Back, you know, the Beavers scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. You must have watched, I don't know, were you watching it with your with Eric, with your whole family? I yeah. mean, how did you take yeah, that I'd game in? With my family and mom over at our uh, cabin at Yaha. We had a blast. But I don't know if my heart could have tolerated being in the stadium. You know, as yeah. much as these games finish this way, more often than not, it would have been hellacious. It would have been the medics on standby probably for the good for good reason. But it was a blast, and thanks a lot. I yeah. didn't want to miss a chance to say go Beavs, and that we never give up. No, we appreciate that, Shannon. So, speaking of never giving up, uh, that's something that uh, underscores, identifies you and your life after losing an arm in a car accident. You you didn't let that stop you, you know, from from carrying on. But you've always maybe even before then, but since then has certainly had a heart for special needs kids when it comes to physical education and exercising and mobility and so on. So because of that, Shannon, tell us how you came together with mobility for kids and and what this donation that we're reading about today, how that came together. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Yeah, mobility for kids uh, tied in a program with Chevrolet to furnish, uh, dealerships would purchase these cars to furnish to the school districts so the kids that can't ride a traditional tricycle, bicycle, or scooter can get around in these pumper cars. And anybody can use them for that matter, but their, their main purpose is to help those that would have a struggle in other forms of transportation. But the, the ability to be mobile is so important in our world, and for kids to not have to miss out on that is just fantastic. So we did a 
contribution to the Eugene School District here about two months ago, and then we followed up with Corvallis, and that matches up our bookends that we like so much with ducks and beavers and uh, guaranteed being in the middle of the two. But these little cars are in use right now. We've already had Albany reach out to us and ask pretty please if they could get a set of mm-hmm. cars for their school district too, so we, we might just do that as well. But it's a great program, and one more example of helping kids be mobile and have the uh, opportunity to put around their neighborhood, uh, up and down their driveway, wherever they like to be, and then go. Uh, these are within the school district at the current, the current time. But, yeah, Mike, a neat thing. And thanks for covering the, a great uh, program today on the Joe Beaver Show. We listen to this down in Eugene a lot. We're the beavers behind enemy lines down in the <laughs> area who have their own organization. We all center around the Centennial Barn Grill with uh, – Mr. Erickson there, who's a, a champion of the Beavers as well. And it was an awesome season. And we needed sports so badly yeah. this year. That was the other takeaway. Even though we weren't in the stands, the games went on, the competition and the excitement were there. Thanks for covering all that. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Hey, Shannon, this is John. Describe the little the car. What 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 is It's a pump car. Okay. Uh, they're a little uh, – they're made out of uh, high-strength plastic, and they are four feet long and a – a young person sits in them. I would say they're probably for ages 5 through 10, and uh, they look like a little sports car, convertible, and the steering wheel turns left and right, but it also pumps back and forth. That's how you propel it. So, And your feet are attached, too, to a set of pedals that you pump back and forth. So you could run it without legs. One arm, you could move this thing around, or one leg, or any combination of, of, uh, of those limbs. Um, it's just a nice way to give every kid an opportunity to be cool. And, heck, you know, transportation when you were little, starting with the, even a tricycle with uh, and a bike uh, with the feathers and the, we used to um, playing cards with a um, clip on the spokes to make it sound cool. But all of that's fun stuff. And for these kids to get involved with the way to put around into their own car, that's a big deal. Yeah, and, and honestly, anything to get the kids moving their bodies and all of that and in a fun way. So the school districts are getting this. They'll use them in, like, PE classes or, or for recess. Exactly. Yep, yep. And they're used for kids who might not be able to participate in some of the more traditional sports that we are all fans of. This gets them the exercise. That's the main thing. They're going to work their muscles. They're going to get excited about movement. And that could lead to better learning, uh, better behavior, uh, and a lot more fun. Shannon Nill joining us for just a few more minutes from uh, Guarantee Chevrolet and RV Supercenters in Junction City. The part of the story that I really enjoyed was reading about how you, on December 17th, with Laura Arkin, the director of the Outreach for Mobility for Kids, you were part of delivering these pumper cars to the district at Jaguar Elementary School. What was that like, Shannon, to be part of the delivery itself and see the kids and their joy and their joy? Thanks, Mike. It was very exciting. They were so pumped up, even though these kids have done distant learning for quite a while. Everybody's doing that. Any activity that you're getting together with your school is a big deal. And moving forward, as these rules, um, you know, adjust, we're going to have more fun than ever. And even today with small gatherings over Christmas, I'm sure lots of listeners had a smaller gathering, but it was way more fun than sitting at home. And Zoom offers an opportunity, too, and that's not all bad either. Mm-hmm. But uh, being in person with the proc precautions, a lot of masks on and social distancing, 
was a hoot, and we really had a blast. And I got to meet the superintendent up there and uh, really enjoyed the interaction. Shannon, thank you for taking time for us and for continuing to, to share your heart in so many ways through, uh, through the success that you've been blessed with, with Guarantee Chevrolet and RV Supercenters continuing to give back. In closing, how has your world been in 2020, Shannon? How have you guys dealt with all of this? Well, great question. It was started out very grim. The first quarter was pretty ugly, and then when March and April hit, we were in a free fall and calculating how long we could simply survive. Mm -hmm. And then no one predicted when uh, the 1st of May hit, the RV and the car dealerships provided, first of all, retail therapy where people could come out and engage and discuss features and benefits of different vehicles. And then we just took off on a buying, uh, on a selling surge. Hmm. It was crazy. And we all had more inventory than we needed at that point because it, it, two months of no sales mm -hmm. pretty much happened. And then it took off. It was a great American recovery. In person, we got to help with it. It was beautiful. So those are things that we uh, cherish, being involved with. It kick-started other products to buy and sell, and it got our people out of the house and back to what feels a little more normal. We're ways away from normal, but it, it, at least it's progress. Shannon, thank you for sharing your time with us, and congratulations on this gift that you've already given to Eugene and Corvallis. It sounds like Albany may be up there soon. It's a tremendous program, and thank you for sharing it with us today on the Joe Beaver Show. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you, John. Good luck, everybody out there. Go Beavers! Thanks, and Happy Shannon. New Year. Thank you, Shannon. We break. We come back to wrap up today's show next on 1240 Joe Radio. Your local Qdoba Mexican Eats plays an important role in serving our communities and will continue to provide access to freshly prepared food during this challenging time. While dining rooms are temporarily closed, all of your local Qdoba locations in Salem, Corvallis, Eugene, and throughout Oregon are ready to serve you with their same great flavors, making sure to take all safety precautions out of concern for their dedicated workers and valued customers. For quick and easy takeout ordering, call ahead to your locally owned and operated Qdoba Mexican Eats for curbside pickup. You can also use the app or order online at Qdoba.com. Pickup, delivery, even curbside. Togo's sandwiches are perfect for any time to take anywhere. This is Chris from Togo's in Corvallis. When you want fresh artisan breads, hand-sliced premium meats piled high, and fresh hand-smashed Haas avocados. Call us and you can even tell us what bread you want and what else you want on it. Spreads, vegetables, and cheeses. Togo's has been serving up big, fresh, meaty sandwiches for over 49 years. Come see us or order online at togos.com. Togos, true to the sandwich. Middleton Heating has been here helping you for over 71 years, 24 hours a day. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating and cooling equipment. Heating unit troubling you? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. For new equipment, Middleton offers several financing options and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. Don't forget Middleton's custom sheet metal shop is still taking orders, large or small. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, and sheet metal needs online at middletonheating.net. That was easy. That was quick. And we are just a minute or two away from another uh, fine Joe Beaver show here in the Mid-Valley. <laughs> 
You know, say th- thanks to John and Dwayne for the calls. Uh, thanks to all yeah. of you for your texts. I-, I appreciated both of them because I I really wanted to watch that Liberty Coastal game, and it turned out to be a great one. They go overtime. It was on Saturday. I was out of TV range, and uh, Doug was talking about watching that game. So it had a wild finish that almost backfired. But how about Liberty coming out of nowhere? As a, as a kind of an up-and-coming D1 program and Coastal Carolina. Know. That had to be one of the best matchups yep. really going into it as far as as interest goes in all of the bowl season. And another uh, texture calling to say, that's what the Rams get for getting rid of Brandon Cooks. Dumb moves on the Rams' part. <laughs> so the struggles that Goff is having can perhaps be linked back to, to Brandon, to Brandon no longer being there. I'm still I'm very curious though about about this whole schematic crutch phenomenon. We yeah. may I may try to see to get somebody like you or somebody else who can say, well, here's what that means, and they're not. He's not wrong. He may be. He's not completely wrong. He may be making too big of a deal about something, but I'd like to hear from somebody that's been there and knows. Well, yeah, play action does sort of mask things. I mean. It, at some point, you can't rely on too much play action, and that's what the writer is trying to say to Bears fans. Settle down. Mitchell Trubisky's hot, but teams will catch up to him, or it'll break down after a while. I don't know. I would love to ask a coach, a defensive coach, if the – the I, I don't want to use the word lazy because maybe it's, it's, it's routine, but if that routine – Fake with the left right. hand, right. or even just kind of dipping the ball down. Does that do does enough that to suck really in? freeze a linebacker, or or do they need to go back to riding the belly of the fullback mm-hmm. or whatever running back it is to really sell it and then pull it out and you'll have guys wide yeah. open? That's yeah. what I want to know: is how much does that kind of what looks like a lazy fake does it work? <laughs> now tomorrow. We may take on, again, for subjects we don't deal with that often today, to hear about Big Sam. Thank you so much, folks, for that. But, and John in particular. But James Harden put the Portland Trailblazers on a short list of teams that he wouldn't mind being traded to. Mm -hmm. And that led to a furor and a buzz. Well, the only way to get Harden would be to break up the dynamic duo. And so... How, what a great win for the Blazers, even though the Rockets were shorthanded. C.J. McCollum, 44 points in the game-winning three, while Harden, the guy who he might be traded for if that theory has any merit, 44 points, 17 assists. The Blazers win it by two. Do Blazer fans want a superstar a la Harden and break and up break C.J. Up. and Damian? I would say no. By the way, Blazers-Lakers tonight at 7 on Clue, 1340. Interesting game with the world champs. The Blazer defense, so much better now, right? Man, not quite yet. <laughs> Maybe no LeBron we'll see tonight. see you tomorrow. Call please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 12-0.